This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. This is A.A. Ron Sutton, your favorite middle-aged white guy. He won a state free-throw shooting competition to have his mother accidentally break the trophy a couple weeks later. That's sad. On this episode of Finsider Daily, I'm going to take a look at what looks like an imminent Minka Fitzpatrick trade, what happened there. And later on, I'd like to take a look at one subtopic of this tanking discussion that hasn't been addressed yet. And that is... What do the Dolphins do after they draft a quarterback at one? Do they go offense? Do they go defense? Do you compliment the young quarterback? Do you go with the defensive head coach? All that and more on this episode of Insider Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Look, if if someone predicted that Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick would be traded before the 2019 season started, what would we have said about that person? And we are looking at the potential of that eventuality. Laramie Tunsil... And Minka Fitzpatrick, two players who really were seen as beacons of hope in the organization. Laramie Tunsil was seen as the number one overall prospect by quite a few pundits. And falls into our lap over a gas mask bong video, which... Those things aren't even that crazy. 
and this video just pops out right before the draft, and he falls into our lap at number, what do you know, number 13. And then, last year, 2018 draft, we're sitting at 11. We've just watched Josh Rosen go off the board. And we're sitting there looking at Minka Fitzpatrick at number 11. Nick Saban's pet. The consummate professional already. The Swiss Army Knife. You talk about two stellar draft picks. And now you're sitting here telling me that neither one of them are going to be in this rebuild. I did not expect that one. And with Minka, I think it's a little bit more difficult for me to understand when you look at the compensation that the Dolphins got for Laramie Tunsil. Minka was drafted for the very reason of his versatility. And now that changing role is a problem. That's the disconnect for me. Minka was the type of leader, been appointed captain likely his whole life, the veteran when he was probably 12 years old, just sees the wrinkles in time. He's an old soul. Those were the descriptions. And I'm just kind of surprised also by the fact that he had a pretty productive year under Matt Burke and then you have someone like Brian Flores come in who I think Brian Flores is probably a better defensive mind than Matt Burke and you don't want to work with this guy you don't want to see it through maybe the angle here is that Minka doesn't think that this rebuild will happen in time for him to get paid again. In other words, his contract will expire by the time the Dolphins are truly consistently relevant like the Dolphins organization kind of envisions right now. So maybe Mink is just trying to get ahead of it in that sense, but with what's been reported so far, logically, I can't call heads or tails out of this one. So you would think Minka would be okay showing off all of his strengths and letting Brian Flores unleash what he can do all over the field. So I think for me, the compensation in this trade is everything. If Minka hits the market and we're able to get more than what we invested in him, yeah, great. If we put Minka on the market and he gets a second rounder, you know, and you can make the argument if we're making a trade with somebody who's making a playoff push, we're looking at a late first rounder, so we're looking at least 15 to 20 draft slots compared to our original investment. So then does it make sense 
And if it's a case of Minka forcing his way out, you can't really blame the organization for showing him the door. What pedestal is he on right now to command that type of of change? There's certainly more to come out on this story, so stay tuned to thefinsider.com. Stay tuned to profootballnetwork.com for all the latest on this story because when you couple this with the trade of Laramie Tunsil, you're looking at possibly three first-rounders in 2020 and beyond. What, what type of general manager has ever found themselves in this type of situation to have this type of money, this type of draft capital, or to have this ball of clay? There's going to be a tremendous amount of trust placed in, in Chris Greer to get this job done. A lot depends on getting a lot of picks right. But if you follow the herd mentality right now, and it makes sense to be honest with you, if the Dolphins do go quarterback number one, what do they do after that? And I think you can make compelling cases for going either side of the, of the field. And yes, they're going to play the board. They're going to take the best player. There's too many holes to not to. But if you're looking at it where you have two comparable players, one, say, a, a corner, and then you have a left tackle, which guy are you taking? So let's say, for argument's sake, that the Dolphins take Tua number one. Do they de- then they complement Tua with a tackle? Or Brian Flores is a defensive coach. Do you get more pieces on that side of the ball that suits the strengths of the person leading this football team? And I think that's where things get interesting because you saw in the first draft, Christian Wilkins was selected first. And what you typically see, and I've said this on previous podcasts, is what you typically see is a rookie head coach getting some draft help on their side of the ball. Obviously, you see a few exceptions. But by all intents and purposes, if you hire an offensive-minded coach, probably going to see an offensive player Drafted in the first round, and the same for defense. So I think after you get that franchise quarterback, which is what all this tanking is about, then spread the wealth across the whole team. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. 
when you look at the Dolphins right now, you can go in a lot of different directions. I think it's an interesting question that I'd like all my faithful Twitter followers and all my readers on thefensider.com. Let me know what you think. Do you think that and let's and hey, Houston was one and one. They were a two point conversion away from being zero and two. So this Houston pick could turn into be a good one, and even not the Drew Brees injury. I wish him a speedy recovery, but it helps the Dolphins with their second round pick. So let's say the Dolphins have another high first round pick. As I'm kind of thinking this through, I would think they probably lean towards developing the quarterback. I think it would be risky, especially when you go through a tank like this, piss off everybody in the world, it seems like. If you're going to go through these measures, you need to make sure that that quarterback that you get is going to thrive. And yes, you have the defensive coach who hopefully can make chicken salad out of chicken crap. And so you go with that offensive player. Maybe it's a wide receiver. Maybe it's a left tackle. Whatever the case, you get that offensive player that's going to complement that quarterback in the best situation that you can, knowing that you have draft capital you can use later in that draft and subsequent drafts to address the defense but maybe early on you want to make sure that quarterback has all the tools that he needs to, to flip the switch the Jesse Davis resigning you wonder if the Dolphins might want to get the trenches under control. Like I said, the last episode, things are likely not going to seem any better until after the bye. I think that's where schematically you'll see a little bit more consistency. You'll have players that who have had enough reps to kind of establish some understanding of how each other approach the position. I know it appears the Dolphins are doing a kamikaze mission to get into the history books for all the wrong reasons, but I don't think this data set is going to project the way that it is right now. I think there's going to be some genuine growth. We're just not going to see it for a few more weeks. I'm sorry. Stay tuned for all the Minka Fitzpatrick news. And again, the compensation for that trade, that's going to tell us everything we need to know in terms of is Minka being shopped or is he, has he forced his way out? There seem to be plenty of suitors. 
So this is a buyer's market for the Dolphins. So if we get substandard compensation in a buyer's market, then we can kind of read between the lines to see how just irreconcilable it was between Mink and the Dolphins organization and the coaching staff, which again, still stings. But what are we going to do? We got no control over anything. All we can do is hope for the best. For this episode of Finsider Daily, I love you guys. Keep your chin up. See you out there. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. The greatest football team We take the ball from goal to goal Like no one's ever seen We're in the air, we're on the ground We're always in control And when you say Miami You're talking Super Bowl Cause we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins number one Yes, we're the Miami